Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Curtain Call. Let's call this one the summer camp edition of Curtain Call Flip. I'm Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department, alongside, as always, Mr. John J. Filippelli. Flip, how you doing today? I'm good, Kev. How you doing? Good. I was just busy rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Hopefully to, to is it our podcast or someone else? podcast, yes. Oh, the Curtain Call. Oh, so ours. Here you go. Yeah. You're, you're Rate, review, company, subscribe. We, we should rate, do that right at the top. Rate, review, subscribe. So it's rate, two R's and an S. The double yeah. R-S. Just remember that, folks. Just think double R-S. Rate, review, subscribe. You ever go to summer camp when you were a kid? Uh, my parents couldn't stand me, so they probably sent me to a summer camp, I would think. As I was a wild kid. I, I, I don't know. I don't see. CYO, I think, when I was a kid. I went to CYO summer camp, yeah. But I, I see I, you I, like you don't see me in a out camp. on a boat in the middle of the lake. You, you no, know, that's really not me. What, with a violin? What am I going to go yeah, out there Meditating. Yeah, I'm a meditator. You, you, now you <laughs> pegged that right, baby. You got that pegged, the meditator. Oh. Uh, but the Yankees had a, a good summer camp. Uh, we had it on Yes, uh, quite a bit of it. it. It was fun. It was a fun watch. It was different. Uh, a lot of people wanted to see their, their heroes in pinstripes. And, and uh, so, you know, we accommodated them on Yes. I know it was just... Some batting practice and it was some infield practice and it was you know throw sessions, sim games. It was a lot of different things. But you know what? I think our I think our talent, our announcers, did a wonderful job of tying it together, making sense, and giving sort of a preview for the season. And uh, you know we have a special guest coming up in a little while, help us uh, uh, take that preview a little bit further. But we had fun and uh, the audience responded. So thank all of you who uh, take the time to to watch and to uh, to comment on uh, positively on what you saw. So thank you uh, for both things. You know, I get a lot of um, comments from people in the industry thanking us, more particularly you, Flip, on going behind the scenes on some of these productions. And this one really was unlike any other, you know. Normally we would have a control room with eight people in it. That's not the case anymore. Can you tell us a little bit about the hurdles, the pain points, all the different things we had to do get on the air? Well, you know, we have to practice and we need to practice and we are practicing social distancing and, you know, wearing masks every place we go. And that is the, that's the new norm in society. And that's the way it has to be right now. And, you know, so obviously we not only comply, we comply and we underscore the word comply. We are going to whatever lengths that we can, the, the longest lengths that we can to ensure the health and safety of our people and uh, so that is, that's part of this. And so therefore what used to be a control room that used to be very populated is now a control room that's very depopulated and very spread out. Uh, we, we're using rooms that we, we use for other things. We're using them to broadcast from, to put some of our people in there who are, who are uh, you know, very important to the, uh, the process of getting a game on the air and always contribute. Now they're contributing, but they're just contributing ways where they're very spread out. So you have to make sure that you communicate at a level because places where you didn't have mics and didn't have communication devices before, you now need to have them. So everybody's on the same page and we can all communicate. So there's the distancing and that causes, you know, it's so not issues, but the, you, it gives you a whole set, another set of, of scenarios that you're presented with. That most of them deal with communication. But so that, that has to be addressed, obviously, and we are addressing it because the summer camp was great for us, and yes, because we were able to practice the social distancing in the control, in the studio as well. I mean, we, where we used to, you know, Jack and, and Bob look like now they don't like each other. They actually are great friends, but they're so far apart. But that's the distancing. And, and uh, we look, uh, seriously now, I mean, it's something we obviously have to, have to work through the, the guidelines, and we're making sure that we don't have the right number of people in a studio and not too many, the right distance between them. So that's a lot of what we're faced with right now. It sounds like it's really simple, and it actually is. But everybody needs to buy in and comply and be cognizant of what they're doing, what their actions are doing, because it isn't just the possibility that somebody could be sick. It's possible to make someone else sick. So we are doing – I've been in 10 straight days now. I feel good. Um, you know, and like, you know, we know my rule, you know what I said. So I believe I need to be there because, you know, people, other people are going to be there. If they're going to be there, I need to be there. So I'm there and uh, I'm, I feel good. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hero or said anything. I'm just saying that, you know, everybody is working. Everybody feels good. We've taken every precaution that we can. And I know almost, I mean, I'm sure every business is doing the same thing because it's what, not only what you need to do, it's what your obligation is to do. So we're, we're taking it seriously. 
We are. And, and to paint a picture for the listener, um, pre-pandemic, you, you would have Bob and Jack and Flash in the studio, and then the control room's connected right next door to the, to the studio. Now our head producer, Jared Boschnack, is literally two floors away from the studio. He's in his so office, Paul, actually. He's, he's producing remotely from his office. He has a monitor set up there, and he's got a communication set up there where he can see everything going on on the air. And he can also communicate to the talent and the producers, the various producers who do other segments for the show. I mean, that is a logistical, could be a logistical nightmare. We've never, we've never produced from someone's office before. Well, at least that's what this pandemic has done. It's forced us to be as creative as we possibly can. We're in the business of creation. We are. So if we can't figure this out, then we shouldn't be in the business. But we have great people who figure things out. That's why we're able, we're able to do this. I mean, it's not just the talent. That, you know, as you know, Ken, we also have the cameraman, right? We have this cameraman in the studio. I mean, and so, and if a, a, a stats person, information person is in the studio. Uh, in some cases, if it, a rare case, we'll use a teleprompter, which we use on occasion. That, that needs to be somebody in the stu- and on the floor, the, the studio floor. So, you know, it, it's a, you, you have to be cognizant of how many people. You have to make sure that if so, you need something and we don't have a – we have too many people that we move someone. It's like having too many people on a court in a basketball game. You know, too many people on the court, too many people on the ice. You have to remove one to put one back. So, you know, we, we play a little of that game. But, we, you know, that's why the, the summer camp thing that we put on, yes, was – it was not only was it fun and nice to see some baseball again, but it actually gave us a chance to practice some of these things, which I think we've, we're now getting down. Well, kudos to you for pulling it off. Kudos to Mike Webb. He's our head of operations, broadcast operations. Him and his team did a great job. Uh, I think, Flip, we go straight into David here. I don't want to wait any longer. And then maybe on the flip side, we could talk more about your takeaways from camp, look ahead a little bit to the season. What do you think? I think that's fine. I think it'd be fun. And, and, uh, you know, David's got a lot to say. So without further ado, here we go. Our guest at this time is um, one of my favorite people in the game. Uh, yes, broadcaster, uh, very accomplished major league pitcher, one of the best pitchers of his generation, and uh, a guy who knew how to win a big game. And uh, he's uh, nice enough to join us at this time, uh, our special guest, David Cohn. Coney, how are you? And uh, let me ask you, uh, what is your take on the season. I mean, we're coming up to the beginning of the advent or the advent of the 2020 season. How do you see this unfolding? What's your, what's your take on the, the Yankees? And uh, well, we'll start with that. What's your take on it? How do you see it unfolding? Well, yeah, Flip, it, it is the ultimate question, right? I mean, we, we all want to, we all want to know, you know, uh, what the probabilities are that this thing can work and uh, nobody can answer that right now. So we, you know, it's, if you put all all of the questions, uh, you know, uh, about the virus aside for a minute, and just look at the baseball side of it and the schedule that's been uh, put together and the sixty-game abbreviated schedule, there's some interesting tidbits in there. When you stay on the East Coast and you're the Yankees, you get the Mets. You're going to get the Mets, uh, and it's going to mean something, especially in a sixty-game schedule. The Mets have high hopes as well. I, I think they probably figure that you know, that they can contend and then get into the postseason with the roster that they have in place. Uh, you get to see Joe Girardi in the Philadelphia Phillies. So the interleague portion of this, the National League portion of this for the Yankees in the American League East is the National League East. So, yeah, there's some interesting matchups there. Derek Jeter's Marlins, you're going to see them as well. So, uh, you know, I see some interesting parts on the baseball side of it. And the Yankees are loaded. Uh, you know, health obviously is a key. But uh, that lineup, and Garrett Cole at the top of that rotation, boy, they, they are the team to beat in the American League in my mind right now. But. You also have the Nationals, uh, you know, and that, that the Yankees will open against them. And that, they're obviously the defending world champions. But uh, there's, a, there's a tale in there, Coney, in that you realize this, they, that last year ago, a year ago that the Nationals got off to, you know, one of the worst starts in their history. And, and they rallied, and, and not only did they rally, they, they wound up winning the World Series and – and they are the defending champions. So, but that slow start, you know, over the course of 162 games, they were able to, you know, make inch their way back. You, you can't slow, you can't get off to a slow start now. It's going to be a sprint now. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you, you, it's a great point about the Nationals. Last year, they were over 10 games under 500 at the 60 game mark. 
probably would not even qualify for the playoffs in today's format. So, yeah, they, they are kind of an outlier in that regard. I think if you look at historically at the 60-game mark in the season that uh, you do get a little bit of a read on who the good teams are. Um, I think seven out of 10 teams that have had the best records at the 60 game mark in the past are a 70% clip that made the postseason. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a snapshot. It is what it is. You know, we can talk about complaining about, uh, you know, whether this is a full season or not, does it compare to world? Does it really, is it a meaningful world series title? And to me, I say, who cares? You know, we're doing the best we can. We all are. Everybody in this industry is doing the best they can right now. And we're going to try to make something of this. And, and, um, you know, everybody knows that the fans understand what this means. Every, you know, you and I, and we can put this in perspective, uh, a 60 game season with a postseason and a world series champion. We understand what that means. And there's no reason to compare it to the 27 Yankees championship team. because it just, uh, it just doesn't make sense. But for now we do the best with what we have. David, how hard is it from a player standpoint? First you have the start of spring training, then you have the stop of spring training, then you have the restart of summer camp and that, it's about two weeks you're going straight into opening day is that hard for a player particularly a pitcher I think it you know in years past definitely it would have been extremely difficult to 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 start and stop your training like that but I think nowadays these 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 pitchers of today's generation train so much better rather they're so much more knowledgeable it seems like every major league pitcher has his own pitching lab that he puts in his backyard somewhere with a with high-speed cameras and you know, uh, radar tracking devices that tell you spin rates and velocity. So these players are training and throwing more than they ever have. Uh, you know, I think the pitchers are probably ahead of the game right now compared to the hitters. The hitters are the ones during during the, the quarantine period, uh, so to speak. It's hard for them to see live pitching. So I, I think the hitters are a little bit behind. We've seen that in some of the inter-squad games so far, you know, from the Yankees. Uh, we're talking with uh, David Cohn, who's our guest now, and uh... – uh, David has a, a best-selling book uh, along with Jack Curry. It's called Full Count, and it is now available in paperback. So those of you who uh, did not get the hardcover edition, and you really missed out if you didn't get the hardcover edition, so go find one if you can. If not, available in paperback now. So do that. You do yourself a favor. It's a great read, and uh, and you'll you actually learn about learn a lot about the game. You learn about uh, learn about uh, David Cohen a lot of it. So it's all good. Um, David, I want to skip about. Um, Garrett Cole, you know, I want you to tell me from one pitcher to another pitcher, what is your take on Garrett Cole? I mean, we know he's an elite pitcher. He's, I mean, he may be, he's among, he may be the best in the game. He's right up there if he isn't. And uh, what's your take on Cole and how, what he's going to mean to the Yankees? Well, you know, Brian Cashman's got a term he likes to use in terms of, uh, you know, he kind of rings the bell or he checks all the boxes, rather. And uh, th that's what Garrett Cole does for me. I mean, when you look at him, obviously talent, first and foremost, explosive stuff, his skill level, his talent level, uh, his velocity on his fastball, his whole repertoire is, is very elite. Uh, but the thing that to me, Flip, and you and I know this, from the little bit we've heard heard from him and the special that we did on the yes, yes network with Jack Curry in spring training was that this guy has a curiosity and, and, a, and a motivation that he's never satisfied. And he asks all the right questions. He wants to know from the veteran players that came before him, you know, uh, how they did it or what it was like or any sort of information he can, he can pull together. Uh, he's trying to do that. So to me, that, that bodes well for the future. You got a guy who's supremely talented, who is highly motivated and, and also, uh, you know, endlessly curious about learning about his craft. Uh, that, that, you know, if I'm a Yankee fan or if you're, if you want to see the Yankees do well, uh, you, you have to feel pretty good about Garrett Cole being your number one starter right now. How, how do you see Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge? the need for them to stay on the field and the need for them to produce for this Yankee lineup to the Yankee lineup is, is loaded, but it's a lot less loaded if you don't have performance from those two. Well, it's so true. I mean, the onus, whether uh, it's fair or not fair, it's there and it's real. And, uh, you know, it's a big year for Gary Sanchez this year and then going into next year. And in terms of really establishing himself of being healthy of being the answer behind home plate, uh, kind of ending all of the, you know, this guy's going to be a DH in the future, or it's just about his bat, you know, answer all the questions about uh, catching for Gary Sanchez uh, and being healthy on the field and Aaron Judge. And you could throw 
uh, Giancarlo Stanton in that mix as well. You know, those three bats together in the middle of that order are, are, are three of the best power bats in the big leagues. They, you know, by all the metrics, whether you want to just uh, go by number of home runs, by the fear factor, the way they get pitched by opposing pitchers, new school, if you want to use exit velocity, those three bats are three of the most powerful bats in the major league. They stay healthy together. That, then the Yankees are going to be really hard to beat because uh, they, they just understand, you know, pass the baton, take the walk. That's where Aaron Judge, Judge comes in. If you don't get your good pitches to hit, pass it on to the next guy and, and let, let Giancarlo Stanton do it or let Gary Sanchez do it. If they get that dynamic going, well, they're as good as any lineup in the big leagues. David, you're active on Twitter at Decone36, so I'm not going to be breaking any news. You know this. But Clark Schmidt has been lighting up Twitter. Um, everyone's talking about his curveball. What's your take on Clark Schmidt, and can he be an impact for this team? You know, I, normally I would say no. He needs some more seasoning in the minor leagues. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, this, you know, unfortunate pandemic has created opportunities, you know, in, in baseball, in the baseball world, especially for young pitchers. And this 60-man squad that he's a part of is really important. He could easily be activated to help this team right now this year. Um, you know, in years past, you'd want, to, you'd want him to, to build up his innings and be in, in AAA and, and, you know, maybe learn his craft a little bit more. But his curveball is that good that he could help right now. He could be a guy that you want to pitch two or three innings or maybe even be an opener or be a strong middle reliever that can come in and dominate right-handed batters because that curveball is exactly what, what, he, what he can do. Uh, it gives him the ability to do. And if you've seen him facing even Giancarlo Stanton or some of the Yankees' big right-handed bats, Gary Sanchez, the names we just mentioned, Flip, you know, uh, he's made them look silly, you know, so far. And even though it's early and he, the pitchers are ahead of the game, he's got a high-quality spin, a high-quality break. It's a cut above. That curveball he has certainly is, is, is well above average. You know, and David, to your point, if even if he didn't start, if you used him out of the bullpen, especially now with the, the new rules of uh, that a reliever has to pitch to at least three batters, with his sort of stuff and the ability, plus the fact he's groomed to be and will be a starter at some point, that would really bode, could bode very well for the Yankees. Yeah, I agree. It's a great weapon to have for the Yankees. He really is their secret weapon right now is Clark Schmidt. And, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, but the Yankees certainly are very high on him. And uh, if you're ever going to push a young guy, now's the time to do it, right, Flip? I mean, this year is the, the year that you can do un unconventional type things. And, you know, a guy that has minimal experience in the minor leagues but was a great college pitcher and had Tommy John surgery and now is at full strength, you can push him a little bit. He, he You know, in, in years past, you wouldn't have. So you're more willing to try things this year in that 60-game schedule. And I think that's why we have that 60 – sort of that floating 60-man roster that, that, that's been put in place. You know, I don't buy uh, – you, you mentioned at the top uh, when we started our conversation about the 60-game schedule and that some people feel that that's really not legitimate schedule. To If you're a champion, you're sort of backed in. No, it is, it is – whatever it is, it is. And we're playing in very unusual times, and this is the best that we could do to get a season in. It's going to it, – obviously, it's going to count, and it should count. And, okay, so everyone's used to 162 games. I get that. But you know what? We don't have 162 games this year, and hopefully this is the only year that this ever happens. But it's happening. We Baseball needs to adjust. It has adjusted, and the players will adjust. So I, I think it's unfair, no matter who wins this, to say, well, they backed in and was their 60-game champion. I think that's actually ridiculous. That's my viewpoint on it. I could not agree more, Flip. I think at the uh, history will look back on this, and then you know this is obviously with the assumption that we're able to uh, to get through you know this season as as it's scheduled. I think history will look back on this very favorably about a, a group of players that were very uh, courageous, a group of uh, everybody in the industry that chose to go back to work was very courageous. They did the best they could under tough circumstances, and uh, if you're the World Series champion, if you're the last team standing this year. You know, that's something to be proud of. You know, you don't have to compare to, to, to uh, as I said, the 27 Yankees or the 98 Yankees or, or even last year, the Washington Nationals, uh, the, the reigning world champs. You don't have to worry about those kind of comparisons because this is a standalone year in a pandemic year. And, uh, you know, it's something to be proud of regardless of, uh, 
how many games we end up playing. Let's just hope safety and everything works out and we can get a full season in. Moral victory against the pandemic, really. Yeah. But, Coney, thank you so much. Oh, anytime, Flip. Anytime. So thank you, David. Thank you. I'll That's talk to you later on tonight. Well, Flip, it sounds like David has all the confidence in the world in the Yankees. What about you? You think they're going to win the World Series this year? Do I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series? Yes. And we kind of talked a little bit about the meaning of the World Series with David. Um, you're telling me these players, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Glaber Torres, they're going to compete like competitors, like the players and competitors that they are. I don't care if it's 50 games. That, that means a lot. You mean they're in a fire? Sure, it means everything. Um, look, as we, talk, we just talked about with David, the Yankees need big years from Judge, Sanchez, Stanton. Uh, Torres is young and we put a, actually had a monster year for someone so young, but he's not, he's in a different position. Now he's going to be short. He's now the shortstop, um, which I think is going to, I want to say be a challenge. He's shown he can play shortstop. He became a shortstop in the Cub organization. He showed that he could be a shortstop. I just don't know. I, I think that there's room for him to be a better shortstop defensively, but certainly offensively, he's one of the great bats in the game. So yeah, that the Yankee lineup, Yankee lineup is just loaded. Um, but it's got to stay healthy. It's got to stay on the field. Stanton has got to stay on the field. Judge has got to stay on the field. Sanchez has to stay on the field. If they don't stay on the field, the Yankees are a paper tiger. So they well, need. Judge, to you bring up Judge. He's looking pretty good. Yes, but his but history suggests not. You know, I mean, he's he's had that great great rookie year, right? And he uh, but the years that followed. He plays, he doesn't play, he plays, he doesn't play, he plays, he doesn't play. I mean, these are legitimate in injuries, folks. I mean, I'm not suggesting he's ducking anything. I'm just saying that uh, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to try to avoid the injuries if he can. Stay, try to stay as healthy as he can and try to give the Yankees as many games as he can. You give him enough games, he gets enough at-bats. He's, he's lethal. He really is, he's, a, he's a great defensive player. He really is. So he's a really good baseball player. He just needs to stay on the field. The same goes for Sanchez, for sure. The same goes for Stans. They have to stay on the field. That's the mantra. Repeat it after me. Stay on the field. Come on, folks. I can't hear you. Stay on the field. Stay on the field. For, forward. I, stay I love on the field. Rate, review, subscribe. Right. As you rate, Got review, it. and subscribe, you need to stay on the field. We talked a little bit about Clark Schmidt um, with David. I will tell you that I pulled the curtain back a little bit for the first week of summer camp. Our Clark Schmidt highlights on social media were the highest engaged pieces of content. People are on to Clark Schmidt. Uh, I believe that. You know, the same way we talk about stay on the field, the Yankee starters need to stay on the field. You know, we, they have to be healthy. Tanaka needs to be healthy. Paxton needs to be healthy. If Schmidt gets one of the starting jobs, he needs to stay. <laughs> Montgomery's coming back from well, Montgomery's coming back from. So Tanaka's been had the unfortunate incident with the line drive that was just awful. But you know he seems like he's rebounding nicely. He really does. So that's that's good news for him and for the Yankees, obviously, and for us. Um, Paxton needs to stay healthy, stay on the field. He keeps his stay on the field. Like I said a thousand times, it is what it is. Stay on the field. On the field for all of them. If they stay I'm on the Yankees, will be could be dominant. Not good, dominant. And Schmidt, is, Schmidt looks great. He doesn't look good. He looks great. And so does King. Does. King looks pretty good too. King you know, looks he, like the kind of guy I want to hang out with. He's always smiling. He's a good pitcher. I mean, he's a solid pitcher. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have the same stuff that Schmidt has. Schmidt's stuff is like to to, to die for. That's some great great stuff coming out of his hand. That curveball is great. Not good. Great. The movement, late movement on it, the dive on it, the break on it, wow. Wow. That's a wow. I want to, I want to go back. Wow. I want to go back to Tanaka real quick. A 30-pitch uh, bullpen on Thursday, so that's good news. Appears to be showing no great. symptoms of the concussion great. he suffered. That's great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how Yes covered the event. Um, sure. Why did we choose to cover it the way we did, Flip? Um, there's a... Uh, little of a manual that we put out every year and a lot of thought goes into that manual and whether it's a batter who gets hit or a pitcher who gets hit by a thrown ball batted ball whatever 
and it is a situation where someone is obviously hurt and down. We're not going to sensationalize. We didn't in this case. We didn't sensationalize. We're not going to shoot extreme close-ups where you see people writhing in pain on the ground. We could have, but we didn't because we don't. And in this case, obviously, we didn't. We didn't show excessive replays. We showed a few. We, and we warned people that we were showing a replay in case they didn't want to see it, they could look away. That's in, that's in our guidelines. That's how we do things. And what happened, we followed, we followed the guidelines. We, we did what, what I just said we would do. Uh, like I said, we didn't sensationalize. We didn't overshoot close-ups. We didn't show too many, uh, too many uh, replays. And our commentary was, was you know, somber given what was going on in the field. It needed to reflect what was going on in the field, and it was somber. Somber, and we didn't speculate. Don't ever we don't speculate, and we don't sensationalize. I thought we handled that as not only did we handle it well, I thought we handled it exceedingly well. And we did the follow up. We tried to find out wh what had happened, where he was, what his condition was. So we did all the things that we're supposed to do. I think as, as a there are responsibilities as a television network. I think we covered it the right way. That, that, that's from me. I've been doing this 48 years. I'm not always right. I make plenty of mistakes. In this case, we handled it as right as you could make it. And if I had to do it 100 times more, we had to do it 100 times more. We'd do it the same way. And it really showed how well we communicate, right? So you are in the studio. You are obviously there with Jared, our producer. I was. Um, but you're also on the phone with me, how we would handle it on the social media side. So despite uh, being socially distant, we were able to communicate quite well. And again, I think we handled it perfectly. I think we um, it as well as we can handle it. Agreed. Agreed. We talked a little bit about a sprint, the sprint of the season. Yes. Uh, with David, you brought up the nationals, which I yes. think is a great example. Um, of course, that all means getting out to a hot start is among the most important things you can do. And undoubtedly, Flip, I think you're going to see a handful of teams surprise you. Some teams to get out at a hot start and maybe stay there. Give me some sleepers. I have a few of my own. Who do you, who do you think might surprise us? Get off to a hot start, stay there. Uh, American League, National League, just, just in general. Well, I have two in the American League East, so that narrows it down to the two. I guess <laughs> we need to qualify that because what the what American League East is the same American League East that we all remember. It, that hasn't changed, but they're playing pretty much their schedule is the National League East. So, and it's done to to you know so they could cut down on travel. It's actually great. If, and I know somewhere along the, the, the somewhere this path will lead to a new alignment of divisions along the lines of geography, which makes total sense because the Yankees don't, so they stay in with Boston they, and they stay in with Toronto, uh, which I think will be obviously important. They stay in with the Orioles. Now you add the Phillies, you know the Phillies, the Mets, the Nationals to this, um, and then you got the Florida teams. You got Tampa Bay, by the way, who's terrific, terrific young team. I mean, I, they're, they're, I don't know if they're a sleeper anymore. They're, they're just in with the Yankees, which makes it difficult for them. But Tampa Bay is really good. They could be really good. Not, not good. They could be really good. And uh, so I would say Tampa Bay, respect them. And we have the Marlins too. And I think they're just continue to try their another year of rebuilding for them. And that's a slow build for them. But anyway, that they, are, they are where they are. Um, I think Tampa Bay is, is, a, is a sleeper. I don't know if they're a sleeper because people know they'll be good. They're, they're picked as a playoff team, I would think. At least, I mean, a wild card of some sort. That's my – although they, they could win it. You know, as much as I like the Yankees, Tampa Bay could be could challenge them, I think, seriously. So you've got that going on. Where else would go team sleepers? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Sleeper team. I got so, – I'm going with the Jays if you're going to make me pick one. I'm going with – Really? Ignorance is bliss. And they're just young and naive well, enough should, that you and I should be on a team. We'd win. <laughs> <laughs> they're young and naive enough not to succumb to the pressures of a sixty-game season. I think, like, if they get out to a hot start, look out. Well, anybody gets off to a hard start. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen through the years so many teams that look great in spring training and they got off to a really good start. And then the reality caught up to them that they weren't all that good. And they started thinking they were good and realizing they weren't. And, or they started to play to the level they were truly at. They just got off to a good start. And I saw teams that were, were in first place when the season started after a couple of weeks in first place. And then by the end of June, which would be around the halfway mark, they were, they were in last place. I saw that happen on more, more than a few occasions. So it's hard. this is tough to handicap like that. 
But I do believe this, and this is the old accent, it's pitching, pitching, and more pitching. And I don't know that they have pitching. I mean, pitching, pitching, and more pitching. But they have some great young position players. And if you're banking on that, it's a good bank. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to pitching. Because you don't want to play every game 8-7. You know, you just don't want to do that. Because that will hurt you. Um, but they have a lot of legacy players. No, no doubt. The, the legacy of legacy. Sons of legacy players. And who are building their own legacy. Which, and they're doing it together. And, and this, the, their scouting and development of people are great. They've done a really good job. They're just, but they're just not, they don't have enough pitching for me. That's just my take. Are you ready to have some fun, make some predictions? Sure. Okay. So according to my math, which is never correct, (laughs) a a 60 game season is 37% of a traditional season. Right. Okay. So that's a a 100 win season is a nice season. Yes. So that would be, it's a great season. That would mean a 37 win season this year is a great season. Over under Yankees 37 wins. Over, but barely. Barely. And that's only because of their competition. Yes. The East is stacked. Yes. Yes. And they've got Cole. Right. He's not going to lose. He's just not going to lose. He's not going to lose. He barely lost last year. What's that? He barely lost last year. But this is a new year. He's a year old. It's 2020. It's a great year. And he's, you know, All right. heavy pockets now. <laughs> All right. Under the same vein, you would assume a 50 game, 50 home run season is a big season for uh, a slugger. That would equate to 18.5 home runs. We all know what a 0.5 home run is. 18.5 home double. runs. That's a double. <laughs> right. Right. So it's yeah. 18 homers and a double. Yeah, it's 18. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's so let's so call it it's like let's a, call it 15 home runs. Okay, 15 Just home for runs. the sake. All right. 15 home runs. Aaron Judge, over under 15. Two months. Under. John Carlos Stanton. Under. Glaber Torres. Over. Wow, over. I'll flip. Why? Why do you say that? You know what? I think he's the best young player in the game. I just do. There's a lot of great talent. I mean, I guess that's saying a lot. I mean, Belgium's pretty young. Uh, there's a lot of, there's some really terrific players in the game. He's right there with anybody, though. He really is. I mean, I, and he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. I mean, look at the year he put. Look at the last year. Look at the year he had. I mean, and he, and he did it in the regular season, he did it in the postseason. Guy's a player. He's just a player. And I know he needs some help with shortstop. I'm sorry. They're going to kill me. He is. But I really feel that, you know, he's okay at shortstop. I don't think he's a great shortstop. I do think he's good, but and he's got a lot of room to get better. But offensively, oh man, can this guy play baseball? And can he hit? And and I'm telling you, I I think he's going to be one of the faces of the game in the next within the next two years. I think he's that good. I, really I don't think. disagree. Two more names I'm going to give you: over yeah, under yeah. 15. Luke yeah. Voigt. over under 15 homers. Yeah, under. And lastly, Gary Sanchez. Wow. Um, you know, I've talked about we've talked about Judge and Sanchez needing needing to stay on the field and give good years to the Yankees. Strong years, they they have to. I'm going to say he stays on the field. I'm going to think I'm going to say he's a really good year. Fifteen homers, six. That's a lot though in sixty games. And I'm sorry, it's not a lot of games. Uh, that's the only obstacle. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going to say he stays okay. on the field and he hits, hits better than fifteen homers. So I'm you have Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez leading the team in home runs. Yes. Who has more? Glaber. I don't disagree. I know that's wild. I know that's wild. This is the way I feel. Uh, I really love Glaber as a player. How do you know? But Sanchez has got unbelievable talent. Again, stay on the field. And Judge, too. I mean, the only reason I don't have Judge there is I don't know if he's going to stay on the field. That's a right. big question mark with him. He's got to stay on the field. He just has to. Well, he made a great point. Those are freak injuries. He gets hit in the wrist with a ball, and he's diving on a play. It's not like he's um, fragile. He's just got – no, well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about fragility a little bit. You know, if you if you you are who you are and you play the way you play because you play the way you play. If it's in your DNA to be 
to be bold, to take chances, to dive it because you want to make the play. I'm not going to tell you that that's a bad play to play baseball. I'm going to tell you your risk of injury goes up exponentially. And if you're the Yankees and you say to him, unless the game is on the line, don't dive for a ball because you could break your wrist and we really need you in the lineup because your offense means so much to this team and your leadership on the field means so much to this team. We don't care if you could see a single or even a double. It doesn't matter. And 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 if, if they will convey that, I'm sure they probably have conveyed that to him. But his style is his style. He's going to play the way he does because that's the way he plays. So I, you can't you can tell somebody, please don't do things like that, you know. But their instincts are going to take over and they're going to play the way they play. So I don't know that that's going to matter. And and, and he, for whatever the reason, he can't stay on the field. You could say that well, he he dove for a ball, he got hit by this, the freaking they were. But but that's the way he plays the game. You really have to tell him not to play the game the same way that he does, to be more cautious. And I don't know that he can do that. I mean, you think I'm wrong for that? I don't, I don't think I am. Well, these 60 games will be telling. Yes, and that's, that's one of the reasons you really need to stay on the field and not take chances because it's only 60 games. And, you know, every game is, as we talked about, it was a 37% or whatever that was. I mean, right. every game means something much more than it did before. It used to be a marathon, now it's a sprint. you got to stay on the field. We have that famous thing in the Stay on the field, stay on the field. Stay, so we on, talked about. The field. stay on the field. That may be the headline. This, this, this David Cohn talks about we got to stay on the field. Whatever. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget. By the way, don't forget. That. It's so important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank all of you personally. I'll come to your house and thank you. For, I'll bring you a box of chocolates. Just say thank, rate, review, subscribe. So you enjoy what we do. And if you don't like us, say it anyway because it'd be nice. We like that. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. Just be phony. All right, Flip, let's move over to batting averages. We have 60 games. In my opinion, it's very feasible that somebody bats over 400. What do you think? That's, that's a really tough one. That's a tough one. But because it's only 60 games, yeah, I mean, listen, you can't do it over the course of a season. I mean, I guess you could, but it hasn't been done since, you know, Ted Williams. And that's a long time ago. Hit 406. So I, I don't know. George Brett almost did it in – almost did it but other than that no one's come close really come close so i'm gonna go with for 60 games and somebody hits over 400 okay i'll go with uh, but it won't uh, it's, it's gonna be really might be one person but i think it'll happen it could happen yeah and let's say they bat 407 it's yeah. obviously not held in the same esteem as williams 406 in 1941 would you would you consider no, it the just... same thing you know i just we just gave a big speech about how the season, the integrity of the season, whatever it is, even though it's only 60 games, has to matter. And I believe that it has to matter. But, I mean, when you talk about breaking records, if somebody hits 400, in, which is a great number, by the way, but for 60 games, it's not 162 games. But back then, it was 154, remember, right? Because the expansion teams, Washington and the Angels, they came in, you know, made the schedule. They linked to the schedule. But when Williams did it in, the, in his last, what were they, late 50s, right? His late 50s, he did it. So when he 406? Ed Williams did it in 1941. 41. So, yeah, that's the late 50s. I don't have that close. Okay. So he hit it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. DiMaggio. He was rivaling DiMaggio. That, right. That makes sense. I'm sorry about that. Okay. So, but still, having said that, 1941, what year is this? 20? 80 years ago? 80 years. Yeah. No, one, no one has done it. And one person challenged it seriously, and that was George Brett. So... <laughs> 80 years. I mean, that's really hard to do. That's, that's maybe the hardest record of them all. Is Honestly, I think that, that and Denny McLean winning 30 games, which I don't think will ever happen again. Yeah. I mean, those two things, I mean, what's what's harder than that? Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. No one uh, plays that many okay, games anymore. But that, that to me, that's, that's, that's physicality, the ability to stay on the field, which matters. I'm not mitigating that. But these are these are different. That's a different category and a different skill. Okay, that's just that's a being an Iron Man, which is incredible. But that's not hitting four oh six, and that's not that's not uh, winning thirty games. I mean, th- those are all those are all difficult things for sure. But do I do? I mean, who, do you think somebody's going to win? I'm, what's a, what? I get a question for you. What? Who do you think will have the most wins and how many? As a pitcher. Well, yes, as a pitcher. Oh, I thought you meant as a team. Okay, as a pitcher. No, as a pitcher. Right. Who's uh, what pitcher is going to have the who has the who has the most wins, and how many? Okay, so I've done the math again. My math is not good, but uh, I think that makes the equivalent me feel good. of a twenty of a twenty win season yeah. is 
7.4 wins this season. So I think Garrett Cole, I'm not going out on a limb, will lead the league in wins with eight. Okay, so you, you wanted to round it off. You didn't like the point four thing, right? The 7.4? Yeah, I don't know how to get a point four win. Well, that's 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 a, it would be a double, but you're out throwing out at second base, but it's a pitcher, so you can't make that. Mad. <laughs> so what that is, that's having the lead after like uh, the fifth inning in one game. Yeah. So it's, I don't know what that means. Uh, this is this is your math, right? You, you did the math. math. How'd yes. you do in school in math? Were you were you a good student in math? Did you do all right? So um, in college, I actually got caught. I don't want to call it cheating, but not playing by the rules in math. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. At least, <laughs> to be honest with you, it was a take-home test, <laughs> and you and you failed. You failed the take-home. Are you supposed test. to? Are you supposed to cheat? So, in a so you let me get, hold on a second. Let me, let me, so you cheated on a take-home test and you failed. Well, I didn't cheat as much as um, I was in the same class as my cousin, and it was a take-home, and we knew a math teacher. So the math teacher essentially did it for both my cousin and I. But when you're math, there's different ways to get to the same answer. We had the same exact answers. That's how we got caught. Okay. That sounds like my answer to Mrs. Spa, who was my Italian teacher in high school. And I had these two women who actually met at the class reunion. I saw them again. They were great. Uh, Maria and, and Tony. They were awesome. They're great. They're great girls. They were great 50 years ago. They're great now. And I got caught looking at their paper. And Mrs. Spa said to me, you're cheating. I said, no, I'm not. I'm just checking my answers against theirs, and theirs are better than mine. <laughs> they, they, they actually told me that. They said, you remember when that happened? I kind of forgot about it. I said, oh, yeah, that sounds like me for sure. Anyway, uh, that's really what happened. Anyway, so Mrs. Spar, wherever you are, I have some idea where you are. I don't want to repeat it on the air. God bless you, wherever you are. Um, the, um, okay, so, so you failed the take-home test. This is what you did. Tell me that's what essentially happened. And you cheated well, on they- you failed. The teacher was nice enough to give us another take home to do over. Now, how did she know that you did you copy everything word for word? Did you have everything we did word for word, yeah. You gave no, like you weren't satisfied with cheating and getting a 90. You had to cheat and get 100. Well, so I assumed my cousin was going to change some things, and he assumed I was going to change some things. And you learned about assumption, right? You know what that means, right? Yes, yes. Like you had me, yes. Okay. Uh, that, that's I'll tell terrible, you. by the way. What's awful? I mean, is that I, a guy caught? Did you pass the character? Of course. Did you pass the character test? Yes. I mean, when you fill out your job, did you tell them that you got caught? Like, did you fail the takeover test in math? Did you tell them that? Uh, no. Oh, you I mean, went to not. WWE first. They, and you told them that. Yeah, they already knew I was a clown then. Oh, they they promoted you probably. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I got no. I <laughs> just a joke. I feel differently about you. I don't even like to finish this podcast now. I feel differently. I don't feel the same about you. We've lost our chemistry now. Mojo's We're right near the end. We could do it. With the finish line. I'm crawling to the finish line here. Where are we? We didn't right, get so your answer for uh, leader and wins. Who has the most wins? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a tie. Uh, and not, I don't mean a tie in a suit, a pair of shoes. I'm going with a tie. I'm going to go. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go Cole. I'm going to go to Grom. I'm going to play it safe. But if anybody's capable of doing that, that's, that's a lot of wins for that. Then you know that. That's a lot of wins for even 60 games. If you multiplied that, you double that. Well, double that. See what your number So if you did 60 for 120 at that pace, right, you, you're talking about if you want, you win 16 games, correct? For 120. Yes. Now add on another 30. How many starts is that? You have to win, you have to win over 20 games. So by a 21 win, something like that for a season? Would that be right? Yeah, about 20. No, it's more than 20. It's like 21? 21, right? 21, 21. Are you, did you actually do the math from your take I did, I asked my you friend. Failed? Are you actually <laughs> friend? I say I got it now. Okay. All right, so that's a lot. You know, in this day and age, it's a lot of wins. Um, but, you know, they're both capable. Of, they, yeah, I'll go. That's what I'm going to do. I'll go Cole. I'll go to Grom. I'll be safe. But I think they win about the same. Here's a they're question. The, they're, the, they're the two best pitchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of the season, are these pitchers going to be throwing five, six innings? I don't know how stretched up they some, are. Some will. I mean, I guarantee you Cole pitched five innings. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you Grom again, too. I mean, yeah. there, there are some players who could do it, uh, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't look for that. Early season, I'd look for, I'd look for four innings from it. Because, I mean, 
you when they leave camp, you really think that they've got they've thrown again with this camp being so truncated. Do you think they've got 75, 80 pitches in them? Because that's what you would need to to get through five. 75 pitches, 80 pitches, right? Yeah. You really yeah. Think, do you think they have 75, 80 pitches is the question? Max, though. Oh, of course, Max, because, you know, yeah. which, and the other thing you don't want to do the other is hurt, get hurt. You get hurt now, every stretch on the IL it means, means oh, it's this quadruple, triple what a normal one is. So you're really going to feel it. You go on the IL now and you miss, you know, you miss two weeks. You miss a lot of the season. Especially if it's your walk year, like a DJ LeMayhew. How about Paxton and, and Tanaka? It's their walk yeah. years too for pitching. Yeah. So, yeah. LeMayu is the walk. You know, I mean, listen, the Yankees have to make some decisions who they can sign. But I, but I do think, you know, COVID will, will sort of bring the prices uh, to, a, to a more manageable situation, I think. Because right. right. if some of the players are priced high, you know, and this is not a normal situation, though, and everybody's going to have to look at it and say, it's a lot of money for whomever. Is it worth that investment? And that's not going to be easy. You know, clubs have to take – this is a year you really have to take finances into consideration, especially with the collective bargaining agreement looming, which it is next year. So they have to look at finances. Don't you think? I don't want to talk about the collective bargaining. <laughs> it's, a, oh. it's an inside scenario, folks. You want the inside – I'll give you Kevin's number at the end of this. Please call him. He'll explain it to you. <laughs> We're not going there. Well, before we go, though, we should talk yes. about a big weekend. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, yes. Rate, right. review, subscribe, too. We do that. Yeah, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe. If you're listening on Friday when this gets dropped, um, tomorrow being Saturday, Yankees versus Mets on Yes, 7 o'clock. And Sunday at 7 o'clock. You, what do you have then? You Yankees have the Yankees Mets. and the Mets at Yankee Stadium. Yep, yep. And then let's go Monday. Yankees yes, Phillies. Monday, 6 o'clock. It's 6, 6.08 is first pitch, by the way. Uh, six o'clock on air. We have the return of Joe Girardi. Let's hear it, Joey. And Didi. And Didi. I forgot about Didi, of course. So, so you know, a little bit of a Yankee reunion. We'll have some fun with that. And, uh, and by the way, they're both really good guys. Joe, Joe, I love Joe. And Didi is Didi's sweet. Didi's a really good kid and was a really nice player for the Yankees. But, you know, you can't sign everybody. You can't, you know, they you know, somebody has to answer for Santino, as we like to say in the Godfather movie, right? Somebody, you know, has to come up with the money. We had, we had to get Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was the priority. Because you had you had a plan. If we lost uh, Didi, yeah. right, uh, that leaves you. And you say, well, okay, well, the plan is we can always move Torres. And then we got Mayo for at least this year. Let him go play second. And you figure it out that way. Uh, you draw it up because you need a plan. Because, you know, to get Cole, you make whatever sacrifices you need to make. And the Yankees did. I mean, the Yankees, you know what? That was their mission to get Garrett Cole. And I am telling you, I am telling you. And uh, listen, you follow the game. I'm not telling you something you don't know. Can he pitch? Yes. <laughs> Is he incredible? Yes. Is he dedicated to winning? Yes. Is he a hard worker? Yes. Is he really good to the fans? Yes. He, you want to check all the boxes? That guy checks all the boxes. And 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 I am. he, he excites me to the point where – I won't miss any of those starts. I was watching every one of them because I want to watch him pitch. That's how excited I am to have him on this team. Do you have any final thoughts? How about how about AJ? Where's AJ? Raise your hand, AJ. Where are you? I don't know where he is. I'm <laughs> here. I'm still alive. Oh, AJ. AJ. This is AJ. Herman. Our producer, AJ. He doesn't really produce. Don't give him credit for that. He's, he's really more, he's more like a Viking. He looks like a Viking. What do Vikings do? Is that a job like being Village. a Viking? A lot of pillaging, I think. Was your family from like Norway or someplace? Germany. So well, that's know. close. It's like it's a, same neighborhood. Well, it's an exact neighborhood, but you know, well, for the purposes of this, the European neighborhood. Yeah, it is kind of, but it's cold. It's really cold and up there, and then you, and then you need like blankets and things. Yeah. Did so, they have blankets and things back then? I think so. I survived. So yeah, I think we must have had something. Can I try and save this segment here? No, I'm enjoying it. Let, let me go here. Come on, with the Vikings. I mean, they need a well, football team after them. Come on. This is an audio podcast, so let's tell the listeners, why do you think he is a Viking? <laughs> because he's got that beard. They go, and, and he acts like a Viking. You know, he's like a – not that he's tough, but he's, he's a commanding physical presence. He is. Do you remember the Viking from WWE? Were you there? Yes, then? I do. Yes, I do. I remember. remember he used to walk around like, husk. Husk. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. did that, that mean, actually? 
No idea. I hope it wasn't a swear. That was his gimmick, Husk. Yeah. Maybe. He's a corn husker. Maybe, maybe. I AJ, you could be a professional wrestler. I mean, my, my kindred spirit, AJ Styles, has kind of held that mantle. So Wow. See, he follows WWE. Yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Flip and I went to WrestleMania. I went to WrestleMania. Yeah. You, you gave me tickets. Oh, that's how you got in? No, no I know yeah. how you got in. <laughs> I took my two boys. We had a great time, actually. We had a lot of fun. It's actually a good show. It's, it was fun. You know, and, uh, I uh, have a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, the, the pounding they take in, the physical pounding is amazing. You know, Nobody. Women, women, too. The women, too. Nobody puts on a live event like they do. Nobody. I totally agree. They, they, they're excellent. I mean, that's what they do the best. I mean, you know, uh, you know uh, I'm not going to say anything else. I'll just say that Oftentimes, the, the wrestling yeah. gets in the way of the live event. That's how good the, all the tapestry is. You know, but, uh, you know, lately it's, you know, they've fallen off the grid here a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, it's a tough yeah. time for everybody. They're doing what they can. Of course, the whole, the world is like that. It's, I mean, the, we're listen. That's why we're trying to do this. <laughs> Attempting is a good word. We're trying to do this because we want to try to give people a little relief and have some fun. And you know, we we have our opinions, but you know, we we try to you know put context to what we have to say. And we realize that whatever we say is not that we're not law; they're just opinions. And so we try to have fun with it. And and uh, Kevin and I are friends, you know. So you know, we have nice chemistry with each other. And I think that's important. And you know, and AJ brings something you know that anybody else who had that microphone before never really brought, whatever. But <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I like the guys a lot. I'm just teasing. Come on, I'm having fun with. I'm having fun with this Millie Marshall. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just having fun at his expense because yeah, I liked him. Do you like him? I liked him a lot. I just did, I still it, talk to Jason Marshall. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't. So, I, don't, I don't have his number. You want to leave me his number? I call. He would flip if you called him. You know, I'll do that, and, and we can talk about the next podcast if we have nothing else to talk about. Why don't I just give it to you now? It's 2.03. <laughs> okay, just do that right now. If anyone from home is probably to call him. Jason Marshall, oh. we used to tease him. We call so, him. You know who's good? The, the other guy's good. Who? The other guy. The other guy works for us. Danny? I like it. Danny. Danny Besson. Good kid. Good kid. It's a great kid. Danny Besson. Is nice. I don't want to make yeah. AJ jealous. They're all good at what they do. You know, there's all within degrees. They're all within degrees of each other. All right, this is enough about this. Let's land this Start thing. with the Viking. Okay. In the words of Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land a plane. Let's land that plane. We will see you soon. Uh, don't forget the exhibition games on, yes, the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And uh, next week, uh, Yankees and the Washington Nationals. One of, one of those games on Sunday will be on, yes. And, uh, and then we're we on our way. So let's enjoy the season. Let's have fun. Thank you for being with us. Great review. Subscribe, and we'll catch you soon. Bye, Kev. Bye, everybody. <laughs>